0: Hello and welcome to the Make and Decorate Podcast. This is Season 3, Episode 62, originally aired on December 17, 2020. How do you like the holiday intro music? I was feeling a bit festive and I really love this uh, music. It is called Tis the Season by Nate Blaze and uh, so pretty. It just, when I hear it, I just envision um, like a wooded, forest with um, pine trees, evergreens, and delicately falling snowflakes. So that kind of gives me sort of like a vision of a peaceful winter day. So I really think you're going to enjoy today's episode. It's really a good one. I have a returning guest, Sophia, from My Great Challenge. But first, let's chit-chat. So first of all, I want to let you know that today's episode is the mid-season, I guess, finale, you could call it. It's not the season finale, of course, but I'm going to take a break like I do every end of the year, Uh, although this one, I'm extending it through January, so we'll be back uh, the beginning of February. But I may pop in maybe sometime in January with just a little episode, Uh, so I will just play it by ear, but I will be busy in January recording uh, with some more guests. And of course, if you are a patron, your monthly bonus episodes will continue. And I want to say a huge thank you to my uh, patrons And for your continuing support, it really does mean the world to me and uh, it really um, does make a difference in helping um, the podcast go on. So I am so thankful for you and I hope that you're enjoying the uh, bonus monthly episodes. And while I'm on the topic of thank yous, I have to thank everyone listening, everyone who subscribes to the podcast, and if you tell your friends about it, um, that is um, so supportive for the podcast. and uh, it's 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 wonderful. I just am blown away when I do. i I do look at the stats. <laughs> Because especially when I'm feeling kind of down and I start getting melodramatic on myself, why am I doing all of this work? Nobody is listening. Well, (laughs) you are listening and it is amazing. I am astounded at how many different countries that people listen from those countries to this little bitty podcast of mine. It it, it really just um, lifts my spirits and makes me want to get back at it and give you guys the best show that I can possibly do. So thank you. And you know what else I'm thankful for? When this uh, publishes on the 17th, there will be only three more days until winter solstice yay 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 oh my gosh I'm so excited because it gets dark so early I know I know everyone's experiencing this in the northern hemisphere but um, anyway if you're like me you are counting down to winter solstice just as I am all right. So, I have been a busy little sewing elf in the past few weeks. So, um I've been doing um sewing and making gifts with quick little projects and it has been a lot of fun. It has really, you know, sewing definitely is therapeutic for me. I know it's cathartic and um which is one of the reasons why I have to do it. I I just it just fills me with accomplishment joy um and last weekend we were hit with like a pretty brutal winter storm here and it was ugly ugly weather but I hardly noticed it because I was all cozied up in my sewing studio busy making 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 stuff that I barely had time to even notice the crappy weather outside. I mean, I did notice because uh, places around me, like within hours uh, distance, got this beautiful snowfall. And here in Chicago, we got the slushy, icy rain snow. And uh, yeah, that's not pretty at all. All right, so what was I so busy making? Well, I have been making a bunch of the fabric bowl cozies. I used the Gypsy Quilter template, and I am so glad that I bought the pre-cut batting in advance uh, because it is nowhere to be found now. I was search. I was going to, you know, get a couple more packs because they're sold in a pack of eight, which makes four four bowls cozies and and everywhere sold out of them so I'm not the only one that enjoyed the pre-cut batting pieces um, they really do they they really save a lot of time uh, so I don't know when they're going to get back in stock but um, if you see some snag them up because they are hard to find now and then, um, oh, I did do a video uh, of me making bowl cozies and I posted it on my YouTube channel. So you can go check that out. It's, I, I don't know, it's, it's not like, it's not a full tutorial, but I kind of go through the process of how I made, made these bowl cozies. And my YouTube channel name is my name, Stephanie Socha, S-O-C-H-A and then i made a fabric soft baby book from a panel um i've had this panel actually for a few years and um i suddenly remembered that i had not made that uh so it was perfect it's such a fast make uh but <laughs> these fabric panels sometimes well they're just you know not always printed straight or the grain kind of gets skewed so i kind of had to um, pull a little bit to, to get it s- so that I could cut a semi-straight line around the outline of the pages. And then the other thing I noticed is that it said, I read the instructions completely and it said quarter inch yeah. seam, unless otherwise noted, there was no other seam allowances noted. So I did the quarter inch and it, they have these, the page numbers printed um, in little black ink that I don't think are supposed to show, uh, but it they, they did. They kind of sort of half showed and half didn't show, and I didn't really like that, but I didn't notice it until after I had completely sewn one um, full page unit, and I just did not want to rip that out, so... I was looking at it and I thought, you know what? The baby is not going to know any different. So it's just going to stay as it is. However, if I were to make another (laughs) one of these uh, template baby, soft baby books, I would probably do a three-eighths inch seam allowance. All right. And then I also decided to make uh fabric balls for my little nephew. He's about 16 months old and he loves playing with, you know, anything he can find, especially balls. He just loves um throwing them <laughs> and playing with them and he's teething, so he'll kind of chew on them. And um he always goes to Cooper's toy box. I have a little a little box of Cooper's toys and bones and stuff and he just pulls out all of those balls and and plays with them so I thought well let me make him a set of three uh, balls and I'm gonna fill them with little shakers so they make noise and um, bells uh, so um, they turned out really cute I'm not done yet because Of course, I come up with these ideas, like, off the cuff at the last minute, and so I had to find these rattle inserts and bell inserts, so I found some on Amazon, and uh, they just came in. I'm recording this on Monday, Tuesday, sorry, Tuesday, so they came in last night, so I'm ready now. I can uh, fill up those. The balls and stitch them closed, and uh, they're really, really cute. I actually drafted these myself. I pulled out my protractor from my uh, design school days. I I saved a lot of my design school supplies. Um, we, um, I still remember <laughs> my first semester, and they, they, they sent this huge list of uh, supplies that we had to get, and it was. Let me tell you, it was an investment. So I'm. Hanging on to those radiograph pens and the protractor and the Prismacolor markers, which still work today. Yeah, I'm so glad because they're expensive. So anyway, I drafted three sizes, a small, a medium, and a large that will fit nicely in his little hands. And uh, they're so, so cute. When I get them done, I'll I'll photograph them and um, uh, hopefully they'll be in the show notes. All right, so the Mandalorian quilt. I finally finalized a design that I'm happy with. And uh, I tried the pixel, but I couldn't simplify it enough to have it, um, you know, quick to make, um, yet have enough detail where you could actually recognize that it is a Mandalorian. (laughs) So I went back to applique and I uh, did this in Procreate. And uh, I sketched and traced and um, then I um, enlarged it to scale and printed it out and taped all the pages together so it's nice and big. And um, uh, so all I have to do is, you know, um, start putting together the applique layers of all the different colors of the parts and the pieces, and then it's going to be... um, applicate onto a whole cloth background so um, I'm making it hopefully as simple as I can yet with enough detail that it's going to look really super cute so I will at minimum have the top done but uh, I'm still going to try to get the whole quilt it's a throw size quilt so I'm hoping that I can get it all finished I have a few days off next week so um, that is the plan and one more thing that I did, which is so cool, I am so proud of myself, I replaced a zipper in a jacket. Yes, I replaced a zipper for the first time. Uh, my husband, it's it's actually, it's like a sweatshirt jacket, but it's still a jacket uh, with a lining, a thermal lining and everything. So um, I happened to have uh, the right size zipper. And in the larger, you know, sports type zipper size that you need for that. So, um, I, I did a re- research on YouTube and I found there are two different ways that this can be done. Of course, the one way is probably the proper and right way to do it, but it's a lot more steps and, um, I think requires a bit more precision. And then the other way is the way that I was thinking, um, of how that would be how I would do it. And I saw it being done on a down winter coat and it looked pretty good. So I thought, great, I'm going to do this shortcut way and it'll be fine. And uh, it worked. I couldn't believe it. I was just like, this is crazy. I cannot believe I'm doing something for the first time here. And it's like clothing related, which I'm not like super great at. Uh, and, and I got it right the first time. Yay. <laughs> so it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. Uh, and, um, I think the hardest part is just like unpicking the existing zipper and seeing all of those layers opened up and then you get this little short panic of like, oh my gosh, I hope I can fix this. Uh, But then I just slid the new zipper in between the layers with the seams folded down, kind of sandwiched it together and stitched it in. Um, Yeah, it turned out. So I was really happy about that. So now looking ahead at the last week we have before the holidays, uh, I'm thinking of all the things that, you know, all those last minute things that you forget about, like wrapping all of the gifts that takes some time. So I've got to kind of fit that in. And I also have to um, decant and, uh, print out the labels to the bottles of vanilla that I have been making oh the big jar looks so good it's really like a deep rich brown I'm so glad that I started that um back in early October uh so it looks really good so yeah I've got you know some things that have to be done beforehand so hopefully I don't know it's always like this for me though I'm always getting to like this last minute crunch um Yeah, I don't, I don't think I remember any time where like a week before Christmas, I was like, Oh, I am done with everything. I've got everything wrapped. Everything's good to go. Everything is done. No, (laughs) that's not my life. So anyway, but I am trying to be more organized about it and I don't feel the, um, the squeeze of the stress on me this year, which is good. Great. Cause I think I've made a conscious effort to try to not do that because there is so much other stress that we've all been feeling this whole year anyway. So why add to it on silly little, you know, holiday pressures. So I hope you all are, um, you know, having a good and fun holiday season as best as you can and uh, that you are happy with the gifts that you've been making. I'm sure that they are all so beautiful and gorgeous and um, everyone will love and enjoy what you've made for them. All right. And I almost forgot to tell you about this, but um, I have made some updates to my website and so if you see something glitchy or weird or anything, you can feel free to let me know um, because I um, I use Squarespace which uses templates so it's kind of like a DIY. Uh, website. And um, I'm not a web developer by any means. So um, I worked on this a lot last week. And I have added uh, to my shop because before I only had design consult services in there. But now I've added a handmade. Uh, section to the shop. And um, I did make some tea towels that are holiday themed, which I know is super duper late right now. Uh, but I'm just still going to pop them in there and um, see how it goes. But um that's that's what's going on with my website and my addition of a shop. I am very new at the online commerce so and I'm just starting off uh with this um shipping um third party integrated program into the website. So uh yeah, I, I just am slowly getting used to it, but just uh, if you're on the newsletter list, then when I add some new things to the shop, I'll let you know, and um, and I also will be adding a patterns section as well. And in fact, I think I'm going to make those little three sizes of the of the fabric balls into a pattern um, in case because if you don't want to, you know, get out your protractor and do all this geometry with the drawing of the uh, round symmetrical ball (laughs) pattern pieces, I have it. So I'm going to put it in a little pattern and and uh, put it up there. All right. Uh, so you can go to my website. I, I have two domains that go to the same website, so you can go to makeanddecorate.com or you can go to stephaniesochadesign.com, whichever is easiest and that you remember, they both go to the same website. Okay. So I just made an executive decision <laughs> to put the rest of the recording of the segment one into its own little episode for next week because it was just getting too long and uh, I recorded it so I might as well publish it to you guys next week. It is um, about what I've been watching which is a lot of stuff. There's a lot of new shows that have come out and since I have been um, making a lot of stuff in my sewing studio, I've had all of those channels on Netflix, Disney Plus, apple tv plus so um i'll i'll I'll, I'll, uh, release that um in a little episode next week all right so now we can get to my conversation with sophia from my great challenge all right everyone i am so happy to welcome back sophia from my great challenge to the show today hello sophia Hello, Stephanie. Thank you for having me back. I am really happy to have you back. Um, I just uh, continue to watch your your channel regularly. And um, I know a lot of my listeners are watching your channel as well. So um, we have a lot to talk about. But real quickly, for any new listeners, um, you can go back to um, the episode, uh, I believe it's 55, I posted in August. I, re- I reposted our-, our conversation. And you can learn all about the introductory information about Sophia. But we're going to pick up today just from where we left off. <laughs> Okay. So uh, so just I will give a quick, um, uh, you know, just an intro about your channel is all about home management. And it includes DIY projects around the house, cooking, cleaning, gardening, sewing and quilting. And, you know, anything else that comes along, like even recently you did um, a review on um, the Madison Hair Color product. Right. So, yeah. So it's wonderful. I'm thrifting. Yes. And thrifting. That's right. So yeah. And then also your family is so supportive of your channel. And I've seen them sort of kind of coming into your videos more and more um, over the year, which is really fun. Um, I enjoy seeing that. And uh, (laughs) it's, uh, it's really funny when you cook some things, and then uh, you ask your oldest son to taste it. and He's just like, Right. Well, you know. there was a long
1: period of time when he didn't <laughs> want to be on camera at all. You know, teenage <laughs> boys yeah. between the age of fourteen and seventeen, pretty much everything embarrasses them. Right. And then something clicks at eighteen, and they don't care anymore. Oh, <laughs> so, great! So he doesn't mind. Yeah. So yeah. Willie now is is reaching the age where he's starting to get embarrassed. Oh. So we're not going to see Willie too long, too much. Oh uh, no! He's the <laughs> we'll cutest.
0: See. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I know. we'll wait another four years and then uh, we'll get enough of him (laughs) yeah 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 so um let's talk about the DIYs this past year because throughout the summer and actually last year you had said something that's stuck in my mind where you said if you know you you could um you know be something in a different field it would be a contractor and right. the projects that you've done this year, you, you definitely are suited for that. <laughs> I mean, I am astonished and amazed at everything that you and your family have accomplished throughout the summer. So let's talk a little bit about that. First of all, I think it started with like your garden and you built this beautiful enclosure and the gate um, and it's beautiful, cool. and it's and you had a beautiful garden as well. Right. Well, um, you know, for so many years now, we've been in
1: this house for about 10 years. I really focused on the indoors. I had no idea what to do with the outdoors. And one of the issues that we have in this area, I'm in the burbs of New Jersey. Um, I'm only nine miles away from Newark and 11 miles away from New York City. And believe it or not, we have deer, we have bear, we have raccoon, (laughs) we have skunks, we have uh, all sorts of critters, rabbits, you name it. And I really couldn't grow anything in the front or in the back because anytime I had something growing, they would come and destroy it. So I had attempted in the past to have a vegetable garden because I grew up with vegetable gardens. My mom is a gardener. My grandmother was a gardener. Her grandfather was a gardener. So we always had fresh vegetables. We had a vineyard, tiny yeah. vineyard. All right. Don't go imagine like a, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we're talking maybe tw- 20, uh, uh, you know, trees. That's it. Um, enough to make a little batch. But we always grew up with plants and gardening and and. We call it scratching the dirt, and um, we just enjoy that. That's something nature is appealing to us. My mom still has a garden in Paris, which is one of the rare commodities that you can get over there. Um, So she has a tiny garden. It's not big, but she enjoys it, and it's in my blood, I guess. Um, So I've attempted in the past to have a vegetable garden, but it looks good for about maybe two or three weeks and it looks like it's growing. And then one morning you wake up and it's leveled <laughs> because a whole family of deer showed up overnight and destroyed everything. Mm. So the, the scavenger rabbits get the leftovers, I guess, and that's it for the, the season. So this year I decided, you know what? I'm done. I really want a garden, but I need to fence it in. I need to have um, a four foot fence around it. And mm. I put some plans together on paper first, went on the internet, looked at how people were making um, simple enclosures, because it is simple. This is I know it looks complicated, but it's really not. It's a wooden enclosure with chicken wire around it and a banister on top, that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the basic, basic garden enclosure, but I built it myself. Mm-hmm. It took me about a month. And from there it just started to grow. I decided to finish the property. So I did some flower beds. The biggest one project, if you remember, is the trench. Yes. Yep. That separates the garden. Okay. So I have to give you listeners a a background. Mm -hmm. I live in the middle of uh, a hill, the slope downward. And we have uh, which is called First Mountain, where I, I live. And then there's a valley and then the second mountain. We're 500 feet above sea level, which means that this area gets a lot of snow and a lot of water compared to the rest of the area surrounding Essex County, New Jersey. So when anybody gets three inches of snow, we get about eight. Okay. <laughs> but it's pretty much the same thing with rain. And... To double down on the disaster, the water disaster, also have a natural source in the back of the property that runs from the top of First Mountain all the way into the valley to be a tributary to the Peckman River. Uh, And then eventually that goes to the Pesceic River. So every time it rains, I get the water from the rain coming from all of my neighbors who are above me That literally runs through my entire yard, and then I get the source that swells up and runs through my entire yard. And because the soil has a lot of clay, the water pretty much goes nowhere. So at the back of my property, I had a swamp for <laughs> many, many years. I couldn't do anything. Even five or six days after the, you know, a big downpour, you would go in the back and your shoes would sink in five inches into the ground.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I couldn't do anything. And I've decided this is it. I got to do French trains. So to separate the Garden, The vegetable garden from the rest of the property because I have all the downpour from the driveway and all of the four houses above me, all of the water coming into my yard, I had to build a French drain, And that's about maybe 25 feet long with a uh, 50-gallon drum at the end. Uh, and it's filled up with gravel and it saved the yard. And I wow. did the same thing in the back. And it saved the yard, so now I have flower beds ready to be planted, and I finally have a yard that's going to look like something. It's
0: oh, it's, it's going to be beautiful next beautiful. year. Beautiful, yes, yes. And you know, when you were first um, putting it in and digging the huge trench, and then filling it with the gravel, um, you know, you could have just left it like that, but it just would not have looked as good as it really does now I mean you really did like landscape architecture and you made it organic curves uh with the little um what do you call those the little oh the rubber uh, edges. yeah yeah the the edging and Mm -hmm. and you planned in the you know flowers and um perennials and other things Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: it really turned out beautiful just yeah, and we have an beautiful. apple tree
1: now and yes, uh, and a yeah, fig tree. And a fig tree. <laughs> I'm very happy with the secret garden. Mm-hmm. This is an area that's that's stuck between the fence and the deck and there was really nothing I could do in there cuz it's partial shade but there was a, a a downspout from the house. So water would when it rains the water would just get there. So I did a mini trench there too and I did that organic curve mm-hmm. um, with flower beds on either side and it's, it's almost reminiscing of a, a a Japanese garden and I want to give it a little bit of an Asian flair. I have some ideas about it, you know, getting maybe like some Asian uh, water fountain or maybe like a a Buddha type. It's going to be really, really nice, but like Mm -hmm. everything else, it's a work in progress. Mm -hmm. Um, I find that it's very easy to hire a landscaper and drop a ton of money, and in one weekend, they'll landscape your whole place. Mm-hmm. But it's really their design.
0: It it's is. Their idea. And, and it really right. is not affordable to, like, 99% of us. <laughs> right. And, and and that's one of the
1: issues that I have. I mean, living in the burbs in New Jersey, it's, it's like everybody's got landscapers, but everybody's yard looks the same. They all right. have the same Plants, they all have the same trees. They all have the same semi-curve in the front. And and it's almost like standard out-of-the-box type landscaping. And I'm taking my time. I'm, I, I I know people don't think that there's a lot of thought going on in the process, but I'm really thinking about it all the time. I come back from work. I take a tour of my garden every single night for about 10 minutes. And I think and I visualize What is this going to look like once it's planted? What do I want to plant in addition? What colors is it going to be? Do I want this kind of height? I want a mix of high, medium and low. Where would I put the low and where's the sun and how much sun am I getting on this side? I'm really thinking about it Mm -hmm. because long term, I want a permanent garden that is exactly what I want and I'm willing
0: to wait for it. Mm -hmm. I can be very patient. Well, you know that? and you say that people don't think it. I mean, I, I don't, I'm, I can't speak for everybody else, but that's the one thing that I did think. I, I thought that you put a lot of thought into this, and mm. you paid attention to the details, which makes all the difference in the world, and you figured out. I, I, I don't even. Before you said it, I don't even know what a French train is. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's it's a necessary uh,
1: um you know addition to any backyard on my block (laughs) the last (laughs) one to install it the only difference that i did it myself but pretty much everybody had to have one and you know it's funny because every time that somebody builds an addition Uh on my row it pushes the source a little bit away from me And we got a new guy who bought a house two doors down, well, two doors up, actually. And he built an addition with a new basement. And guess what? He moved the source another two feet away from me. So now the source is actually on the the neighbor's side behind me, which is great. I have even less water than before. So I put in the drain, and now I have
0: even less water. Win-win. Yes, very good. Yeah, and I, I also like that white gravel that contrasts with the color uh, in the yard and the garden, too. I yeah. just um, – everything. But just the way that you, you did this these videos and progression were very interesting. I got very interested in it. It's something like uh, – all this stuff that you did on the outside of your home um, is stuff that um, I – i'm not familiar with so i like watching and learning because some Mm. of that stuff has to be done in my house my exterior is like don't we won't even go there but um yeah you you figure this stuff out you've you you sealed up some cracks i think around your foundation of the house you you right you just i'm like how does she just do this and it turns out
1: well, you know, I, I'm i glad to hear that you're learning. I got to be honest, I'm learning, too, because I really have most of the stuff I've done this year. I've never done it before. Uh, so I'm just hanging on by the edge of my seat here as I'm doing it. Um, but I'm just filming the process. And really, the idea behind it is not so much um, to teach people, because I I really don't think I bring anything new to the plate. I mean, there's a ton of videos about this stuff. I'm trying to show women. Um, of any age, not to be afraid to tackle projects themselves i mean we've been conditioned for so many many years to just either hire or wait for um somebody to do it for us and there's no reason for that we can do it we can do it ourselves and we can do it just as well or good enough and it serves the same purpose like it's it's a matter of Eliminating the fear and the stigma that we are not capable of doing those things.
0: Right, right, yeah, and and the fear of just not knowing, so I'm not even going to attempt it. Um, and right. also, walking into a home uh, store can be intimidating, and um, especially if you are a woman. <laughs> so. Um, but uh yeah i i just uh i think it does give people confidence and ideas mm-hmm. definitely gives right. us I ideas so. for sure um i mean everything from um what we just talked about to oh i loved it when you painted your front porch the floor um mm. that and the before and the after and you brought in um, you know, you you eliminated a lot of stuff, and then you just you made a little seating area, and it was just so lovely. It really, and you really didn't do that much. It was just freshening no. up, freshening right. up the paint, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it turned out beautiful,
1: and, yeah. And it, yeah, and and this is it's become a, a functional space now. Yeah, um, it it's pretty. We we enjoy, you know, even in the winter now. It's it's getting cooler. Um, on days where there's not a lot of wind, we can still sit on the front porch and, and really enjoy the last, you know, two hours of sunshine with a jacket, but drinking coffee and looking on our phones. And mm-hmm. it allows us to uh, uh, spend some time with the neighbors and say hello to people, chit chat. And it, it's become a, a, a almost like a, a social um, rendezvous for mm-hmm. us. hmm. You know, especially now that everybody's confined with the, this COVID pandemic, mm-hmm. you know, it's the perfect setup because you can talk to people and you still have the distancing. So you get to be more social when before we would just avoid being on the porch together. So it's mm-hmm. it's it's brought in some good positive things you know a lot of people complain and they have covid fatigue and all of that but you have to um look at what you've gained from it and for us it's really gaining you know a, a lot of new social opportunities that we didn't have before and it's only because we've really fixed up the front porch and it came at the right time mhm yeah cuz we did it during the lockdown so yeah,
0: I think. And I, yeah. And- Oh, okay. Yeah. And then, you know, you also did um, your staycations, which I think also helped you really show us a lot more than maybe we normally might not have gotten on maybe Mm -hmm. your regular video schedule. Um, Because you do work full time. Yes, I (laughs) do. (laughs) You are a working professional full time. And Mm -hmm. you also have a very popular YouTube channel where you post very regularly, multiple times a week. At least twice a week. Yeah. 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 So that's really amazing. And um, so I loved it. I loved your staycation. You did two staycations, one in the earlier summer and one in the almost in the fall, late summer. Right. And uh, it was so much fun. So I really enjoyed that. And um, the... um, the most recent outdoor project you've done is um, your garage door repair yeah and again the before and the after is so cool to see but it's it's just paint (laughs) i know you you painted it and you cleaned the windows and you added that little flashing on the bottom of the door Right to repair that hole. Um, yeah, and I, I do know about that because we just did that to our garage door last year. So, <laughs> but I didn't do it; my husband did. Um, so, uh, and you're so right about that because I watch you do this, and I'm like, oh, you know what? I could I could do that the next time if we you know need it again. I would know right. how to do it. Um, and then there was the garage doors wood, and there was just a little hole in one of the panels. And the way you fixed it again, it was. You know, simple but brilliant and made it look brand new once you've painted it. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm very happy with the garage doors because, you know, I mean, we we did the
1: siding last year Mm -hmm. at around this time. It was right before Thanksgiving. I remember that. And, You know, when the garage was old and shabby and the paint on the garage was old and shabby, it was kind of like going together. You know, it was like everything was old and shabby. But once you get everything sided and you redo the frame around the garage, now all you see is the garage doors, (laughs) which haven't been painted. And Scott is telling me that we should look at... Pictures from when we purchased the home, mm-hmm. and he's fairly certain that the garage doors were already needing paint 11 years ago. And so you can mm-hmm. imagine from the time we purchased the home, mm-hmm. with the kind of weather I've been telling you we, we get here mm-hmm. on the top of my hill, uh, the damage on the garage doors over the past 10 years. So once we sided the garage with the rest of the house, they became such a an nice sore, and that's the One thing I see from the bay window in my kitchen. Mm. So I had these two garage doors staring at me, (laughs) begging me to be repainted for Lord (laughs) knows how many years. And I really procrastinated it. This is like one of those projects that I really had. Not that I had no intention to do it, but I could always find another new project as an excuse to not tackle Mm -hmm. the garage but you know, yeah. this year I said I, I gotta do it. it enough. I gotta do this, um. So and I did it, and I'm very happy because it looks great it in does. the sunshine. It's so bright and white. It's it's beautiful.
0: Yeah, it's so pretty. And then against um your newly um, uh, whatever you the, black, oh, the, the driveway. Yeah, the black top. Yeah, we yeah. that to you? Yeah. yeah. So the out yeah. the outdoors are great. So now we moved inside. And mm-hmm. uh, we'll talk about this other thing you did when we get to that topic of the Corningware because you did a really cool project with that, too. Um, but uh, let's let's switch over to sewing and quilting, because this is such a dichotomy of yours that you enjoy like, you know, home improvement projects, you know, working with tools and concrete and all this other stuff, yet you have a, you've developed a really strong love for quilting, which I love too. So Mm. um, I have that in common with you. I mean, quilting is my thing. This is, you know, and, and that's kind of like, I think about it and I'm like, well, it's just that like Sophia (laughs) is very, has great willpower and you, you plan things out and you stick to it. And I know too, maybe having a channel motivates you to keep your schedule like that as well but yeah. for oh, me yeah. for me I would be like paint the garage door no I'm gonna go quilt I'm going inside <laughs> so um yeah I applaud you for that that you really like but then when you're ready to quilt and sew you tell everybody mm. in the family I'm going to sew I'm going leave to leave me alone right
1: <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's it's uh, it's one of those things where if I go downstairs and, and, I, and I plop myself behind the machine and I start a new project and I know there's other things that need to be done. And I'm not talking about cleaning because, you know, I hate that. Uh, I'm talking about like projects, like something that needs to be repainted, something that needs to be built, something that's just, you know, it, it's like the elephant in the room. I feel a horrible sense of guilt being downstairs and quilting. And I say to myself, like, I have no business doing this right now. I have so many other things that need to be addressed, either outside or inside the house. So I find that if I am not productive and feeling like I've accomplished something outside of my sewing area, when I get to my sewing area, I don't enjoy it as much. Like, I really consider the sewing and the quilting as a reward. Okay. That's the way I look at it. Like, yeah. I really deserve my me time right now because mm-hmm. I, I worked hard all you know, let's say an entire weekend, I only got two hours left before the end of the weekend. And and I deserve this time and I can really relax and enjoy it. I don't have something hanging over my shoulder as I'm, you know, pushing my fabric through the machine (laughs) that, you know, I have no business being here right now. I should really be fixing (laughs) that shelf or that curtain that fell. I I just need to go down in the basement with a clear mind. And and mm-hmm. this is when it really becomes my happy place.
0: Oh, good! Yeah, because I,
1: I have no anxiety, I have no guilt. I'm just really too. it's just me and the machine and the fabric, and and I can really enjoy myself. Yeah, uh, so I look at it as a privilege and a reward. It shows. to be able to go down there. Yeah.
0: yeah, you definitely are very happy when you're down there and you it exudes and you know it's kind of it, it, it's infectious to I think your your viewers. Um, but you're funny though cuz sometimes you say, "Okay, if you're not into the quilting, you can like stop the, you know, stop the video here or whatever." But do you do you get comments like that? Do do a lot of people just don't care for it or Oh yeah. Really? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, huh. there's some people who are, but that's why
1: I I try not to um I'm trying right now to integrate the quilting and the sewing. Unless I do an actual project like a uh, like the blouse that I made, right? Yeah, I want to talk um, about that. <laughs> but when I do <laughs> when when I do quilting, I know that a lot of people sew but don't quilt and they're not interested in quilting. So instead of doing separate quilting videos, what I've been doing lately is that I just. Uh, integrate them into uh, the back end of something else. So I would say, okay, I'm done with this, um, mm-hmm. but stick around if you're interested in quilting. That's coming up next. Uh, if not, I say goodbye now. And that has been working because some people who just stop the video now because they're not interested in quilting. Mm-hmm. And I think it's... it's um, the majority of the folks who actually watch my quilting also watch the rest of my channel. So they get... Um you know two things they enjoy watching at the same time, and those who are not into quilting still get what they
0: want. Mm-hmm. so nobody's left out right right. you see I, what I mean? yeah, absolutely. and I do i um, I do like that you do incorporate it with other things too. I just I think it's just um it, it, it for me it's like the the whole like entire kind of like you know you get your cake and eat it too for me that is because i i quilt and i sew so i like seeing that Um, and and i think it introduces
1: quilting to people because some people who they're they're not sure if they want to try it but i don't think that they would actually go and click on the standalone quilting video but if they watch let's say it's a cleaning and organizing video and they really really enjoyed it they may stick around because they are intrigued by quilting for the last 10 minutes or 15 minutes of the video and i'm just hoping i give them the bug really yeah i want everybody to quilt
0: i know me too,
1: <laughs> me <laughs> too. Everybody, to quilt. everybody needs to get a machine yeah. and start or making their own garments or making like you know zippered pouch it doesn't matter um so that's really what i'm trying to do is is uh, introduce uh quilting and sewing in small doses so that it doesn't feel overwhelming it doesn't feel like something that's unattainable i believe everybody can start it everybody can learn mm-hmm. um i mean I've learned. I'm self-taught.
0: I know. know? Yeah. I don't think I have any more skills than the next girl. Well, and and I, I've seen um, videos that you've done, like where you've made um, bags or a purse and you have said like, you know, I'm learning to do this. So you're learning with me. And um, I like to see that. And I, you know, you you go through like (laughs) those directions, like if it's a butterick or something, I mean, those are a lot more complicated to, Mm -hmm. to work through. Um, right. so, uh, and then you made this beautiful blouse, um, this summer and, um, I like the way that you pieced it out. It was like, you know, maybe like a four or five part and right. you just completed like a certain task with it, um, where then you could pick up on the next, you know, thing the next time you sewed. Right. And right. I think that's also, um, uh, kind of, um. A catchy for people who are interested in it um, and, th- and when it's broken down into digestible pieces like that it's less intimidating mm-hmm. So Right, um, absolutely, yeah. and
1: that's exactly why I did it that way um, there's so many sewing videos where the, the teacher or, was say it, or the uh, presenter very obviously they know what they're doing and, and they're talking to a group of viewers who also know what they're doing mm-hmm. So they almost have this, um, you know, inferred knowledge mm-hmm. that escapes most of us who are not familiar. So a lot of those videos, I, I'm just like, I, I don't understand. Like, it feels like there's a step missing in between what she just showed and what we are now. And sure enough, they are mm-hmm. missing steps. that just don't tell you. Right. Because right. they just assume, you know, mm-hmm. what's going on. But me, I need to when I'm showing sewing, because I am learning myself, I want everybody to see all the steps
0: mm-hmm.
1: because these are the steps you're going to go through yourself. Right. If they are missing in you know, other the videos, by the time you get to that step on your own, you're going to become frustrated, lost, and and you're going to feel like you're just no good mm-hmm. and you'll give up. And I don't right. want people to give up. Mm-hmm. So I know it feels redundant. I know that sometimes uh, it's like, excruciating details but i want people to get familiar with the terms with what goes on and and what it takes to make a garment and realize that it's really not that complicated
0: Mm -hmm. and they can do it and and actually this year because of uh covid and the pandemic and people staying home uh you know sales of sewing machines have soared people have dusted off their old sewing machine and brought it out of the closet and a lot of people are picking it up now and they're they're sewing and they're quilting teaching their kids you know i just had my niece over a couple weekends ago and i've been teaching her since she was five she's 12 now so um And she still likes it. So I'm so happy and excited Mm. uh, to to keep teaching her that. But I've also was very happy just to hear that, um, you know, some of the good things that are coming out of this year that is all doom and gloom. That's another good thing. I count that as a really good thing. I mean, people were baking bread. I I Mm -hmm. thought that was really cool. And, And, you know, people have to, you know, do a lot more cooking. So... Um, families getting closer, even yeah. though we are more
1: apart mm-hmm. physically, but a lot of people started doing Skype. They mm-hmm. weren't doing that before because they were taking the family member for granted. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But now they're doing Skype and then you got families that, that became tighter. And, and I think it overall, children have benefited um, from having parents at home. Um, I know my kids have, Mm -hmm. my little guy really, really enjoyed having, you know, being home and granted Scott has been, you know, unemployed, you know, that Mm -hmm. for since March now. Mm -hmm. Um, but I can see it. There's a bond between him and William that was not there last year Mm. because Scott has been home and William has been home and he's rediscovering his dad. Mm. So it's it's one of those things, you know, I mean, yeah, you're right. It's doom and gloom and, and it's been a horrible year. 2020 can't wait to get it over with. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm ready to move on uh, on so many levels, but you have to look at the positive. You got to look at what you've gained mm-hmm. from it. And for my family, we gained a lot. We yeah. really have. And I'm so grateful for that.
0: Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Um, so and going back to the sewing, though, um, a couple more things. So the second thing that you just recently um, I, I completed because you finished the quilting on it um, and the binding is the Halloween runner that you made for your friend. It's yeah, so... I'm giving
1: it to her Saturday, actually, Ooh, this Oh, it's Saturday. so
0: cool. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait. She has no clue, either. I never oh, told her. This
1: is so, so exciting. it's going to be really, really cool.
0: Yeah. I love it. I love the colors because purple is one of my favorite colors. Um, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed that series and how you did that. But um, the one thing that I just uh, was so glad that you filmed this was the um, trouble with your machine. And how you worked through it, and how you know you did everything that you're supposed to do—rethread it, change your needle, you know, do all this stuff before right. before you're you're just like, oh, it doesn't work, you know. Right. Or, so so you worked through all of that, and. Um, and it still wasn't working, and you kept doing these test pieces, and you were showing how the stitches was were looking. And then, um, and then I think you said you spoke with your mom, and she's like, she was like, right away, it's a timing issue, right? And, right. And then you took which it, which I thought it
1: was, yeah, I took yeah. it in, and it took about uh, seven days, and and all it needed was a factory reset. And that's mm-hmm. the, one of the problem with those machines that have uh, computers in mm-hmm. them. And mine is really not that sophisticated; it's really a basic Brother. Uh, machine Uh, that that's all he needed to do because the machine was clean I had just cleaned it I cleaned Mm -hmm. it in between projects so I know the Mm -hmm. machine didn't have like dust and all sorts of crazy stuff inside Mm -hmm. Um, but those computerized machines need to be reset factory reset uh, once in a while some people do it every year Mm. Um, it was not very expensive. It's not super affordable either. It was, you know, but again, I'm in mean, New Jersey, so it's probably more money than yeah. other states. It was about a hundred and nine dollars. Well, that's what it is um, here too, Chicago. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. All uh, right, we're both in metropolitan not, areas,
1: so. <laughs> yeah, so you know they, they sucker you into that, mm-hmm. but I think if, if there is anything that people could um, walk away with from that particular video is. Um, the patience that you need to have, Um, you know, I mean, I I don't think we've uh, um, discussed that, but with my job, I'm actually the designated um, crisis intervention person because I am um, very calm in times of crisis. Mm -hmm. I actually shut down to the point where I become almost emotionless uh, mm. when there's a major crisis going on because I, I just need to be able to deal with the crisis and not panic everybody. I know that a lot of folks get behind the machine and get so frustrated that they almost want to take the machine and throw it out the window and quit forever. Mm-hmm. And they're done with it. There's cursing going on. They just, you know. <laughs> but it's for what? What's the point? Mm-hmm. Where are you going with this, mm-hmm. you know? So I wanted to show that, look, it, it's not working. Try this, try that. If it's still not working, you're going to have to make a decision.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And for me, the decision was, I got to bring it in. Yep. That's it. What's mm-hmm. the point of, you know, prolonging the frustration
0: mm-hmm.
1: of the machine not working when you've attempted everything you know could possibly be a problem, Mm-hmm. I'm not going to run in circle for two hours trying to figure out something. That's the insanity part, right? Right, um, right. Doing the same thing over and over, but expecting mm-hmm. different results. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just decided, okay, it's not working out. Not today. <laughs> so <laughs> let's bring it. Let's bring
0: it to the store, and that's it. But but you did um, show and- what the possible things could be wrong. And like you said, yes. patiently work through it so that because a lot of times it's I mean, timing is like kind of a rare, rare issue, I think. I mean, once right. in a while you end up with it, but lots of times it's you threaded it and it didn't get into the tension lever mm-hmm. um, or, you know, the bobbin is wonky somehow or, or the needle needed to be changed because there's skip stitches. So right. that I thought was really good that you showed that because it could be any one of those things first. Um, and then mm-hmm. when it, when it wasn't, then you take it in. <laughs> you take it in. That's <laughs> it. I mean, what are you
1: going to do? <laughs> you don't need to have a, a major crisis no. down in the basement. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not that big of a deal. It's mm-hmm. an inconvenience. That's basically what it is. And, yeah. and I think that majority of the time we look at inconvenience and, and think they are crisis. Um, you know, and, and it's just what it was. It was an inconvenience. But I tell you what, though, the one, the one thing that was really puzzling to me was that there were some threads that were doing okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I would change to a different thread and I wouldn't touch the tension at all. And that particular thread would do either better or totally worse. And that really got me puzzled. I was like, "What's going on?" Like,
0: yeah, it was the pink thread. I remember the pink thread did the pink good. Thread
1: was doing really <laughs> yeah. good, and the pink thread was doing better if I had the gray thread in the puppet. It was just—it was very puzzling. But you know, again, it was just inconvenient, bad mm-hmm. timing but not
0: the end of the world. Right, um, right. You got it so, back and then you were so happy because it worked so well. And then yeah. you were just chugging along and you got that binding done and the quilting yeah. was so cute. So I I can't wait to, till your friend gets that. She's going to be so happy. I hope so. I know she will. I know she will. She's
1: a crazy cat lady, so <laughs> she likes it.
0: Yeah. Do you have anything that you, you're going to work on for the holidays in, in sewing or quilting? Uh, I'm thinking about
1: making a, uh, um, a 1950s outfit. Ooh. I have this spectacular, (laughs) you see, I I choose my words carefully because it is spectacular. I have this spectacular red peony silk. (gasps) And I was thinking about making uh, a simple sheath dress with uh, maybe a jacket that goes with it. You know, like a crop jacket. Yes. Um, so I don't know. Either that or... yeah. It's funny because I was in the car today, you know, coming back from work. And I was thinking, like, I really want to quilt something for the holidays. And then I'm, I have quilts I need to quilt I have three Mm -hmm. projects right now (laughs) that have been assembled. I have the tops, but they need to be quilted. Mm -hmm. So I've decided that I'm not going to do any new quilt. I have to finish those quilts. Mm -hmm. I I have to, you know, we call them UFOs. Yep. Uh, Or whips. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Whips.
0: It's just an ongoing Uh, work in progress.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I got, I got I got to, you know, I got to finish those. Um, I'm, I'm, i'm gonna do that for the quilting part but i really do want to make an outfit for the holidays this year so i don't i don't know what to do with the Dupioni silk they were actually um, it's the remnants of my mother-in-law's former dining room curtains mm. uh, and uh she had quite a lot i just don't know if i have enough mm-hmm. I, I don't know i have i have to um count um i may have enough for the, the dress but i may not have enough for the jacket
0: yeah, we'll but see. that sounds really beautiful. And oh, and I love that you're uh, repurposing the, the silk. That is yeah. so cool. And the other thing, too, is and this is why, uh, you know, some, some people only quilt and that's all they do. They don't even want to look at anything like, you know, apparel sewing and stuff like that. And other people are just apparel. But I like doing it all. And part of it is, you know, a quilt can take you a long time. But if yes. you make an outfit or if you make, you know, pants or a top, it is it's not instant gratification, but almost <laughs> it's, it doesn't right. take as long. Well, to you complete. see the
1: results, uh, you know, you, you see the results of your labor pretty much. Well, you're right. It's yeah. not instant. Yeah. But you see the progression. It's, it's a much mm-hmm. faster progression. It a is. quilt you could be before you assemble the top. If you do it block by block, mm-hmm. you could be there for two months. Mm hmm. Yeah. Before you can actually assemble uh, you know, the top, especially if you do um something very complicated, like right. a um what is it, storm at sea uh patterns, for instance, like the one I did with the navy? Uh the, the red, white, oh, the patriotic
0: Yes, 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 right? yes,
1: yeah. This one you, you you only see the actual top once you assemble all the blocks. Before that, it's just like the blocks. One I after the other. And <laughs> like, oh, my God, am I ever going to get to see this this quilt top done? And, <laughs> and it takes a long time. So quilting, by the time you start and you're done, it could take a very long time. And you have some people who would tell you, look, I've been working on this quilt for three years. Mm-hmm. And some folks just yeah. don't understand that. It's like, what do you mean three years? I say, yeah, that's how much, mm-hmm. how long it took for me to get to that. It's true. Yeah. But you could put a dress, you know, one of those simple three-hole dress, like yeah. a sheaf dress, in one afternoon.
0: Right. With the lining. Right. Zipper, and you're done. I Boom. know. I love it. <laughs> so, um, it's a different yeah, setup. I like it. Yeah. yeah. That's why I like the, you know, the differences in those. And, and sometimes I need a fast finish um, versus something that's just methodically taking a long, long time. Mm -hmm. Um, So, okay. Um, Let's, uh, we just got a couple more things and then, uh, and I think uh, uh, we'll be done. But um, saving almost the best to last. Corning wear. Yay, corning wear. Oh my gosh. So you and your channel and your videos over the years have introduced me to corning wear. And it's so funny because corningware has been around since I before I been I mean long before I'm born. <laughs> I, right. I really didn't know that much about it. Nineteen
1: fifty-eight, if I recall. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. and mm. um, and actually, I I started to collect the. I like the Spice of Life pattern as well. I don't know. I was drawn to it. Um, I like just the the pattern of the fruits and and the French writing on there as well. Um, so I got my first two pieces. The real big four. Or five quart square Dutch oven mm-hmm. thing. And then I got this little. The lid. Yes, the
1: dome lid. Yes, the dome, dome lid. Yes, the dome yeah, lid.
0: Yeah. And then the little, um, with the pour spout, um, a little petite like um Saucepan. Saucepan, Sauce which I intentionally wanted because in the winter I like to heat up milk and, and make hot chocolate with that. So, mm. yeah. So those are my first two pieces and only two pieces so far. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you have been collecting for a while and um, just uh, talk about what is what's so great about Corningware?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I got to think about it for a second. Aesthetically speaking, they, they're not particularly pleasing, you know It's mm-hmm. not one of those things you go like, wow, these are great casseroles, you know mm-hmm. N- Nobody looks at Corning Ware and, and is like, you know, uh, head over heels with them But they, they have a retro charm um, I think that everybody grew up with either a mom or a grandma who had Corning Ware in the house and maybe they were using it, maybe they weren't. But when you opened that pantry or you opened that cabinet, there was always that piece of corningware in the back. You remember that. Yep. And most people remember mm-hmm. the, the blue corn cornflower more than anything else right. because that was really the most popular one back then, and mm-hmm. that was the original one. Um, so there is nostalgia that's, that's attached to it. And you know me, I love anything vintage. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had them in France, but in France it's called pyrocerum. Okay. Um Arcopal mm-hmm. does uh is like Corel. Uh and, and we had different designs. But we used to have them and we had the vision as well. And I was fascinated when I was a kid by the idea that you could take this casserole that was just like you know, you would cook food in it, just like the aluminum one or the uh, cast iron one. But it could also go straight into the fridge and you could put it under the cold water and nothing would happen to it. Mm-hmm. The other ones, I remember when I was a kid, my mom would tell me, listen, when you you use the uh, cast iron, you got to start with a very low heat. Don't start with a high heat because otherwise it will um, chip. Mm-hmm. And then same thing with specific pots that she had. If they were really, really hot, you couldn't put them under cold water right away it would damage them mm-hmm. so you would have to let it stay on the stove and cool down before you could put it in the end of the sink but Corningware, you can you can put it straight into the freezer from the oven nothing mm-hmm. happens to it and they last literally forever i have some who are uh, are the original ones you know if they're all numbered mm-hmm. you know they have a little yeah. code at yep. the bottom so you know the the avid collectors will tell you there's plenty of sites they will tell you whether yours are the reprint or re-edition or the ones from the 80s or, yeah so i have some of them that actual uh spice of life from 1972 when they first issued them mm-hmm. you would not know that those things are 48 years old yeah they look brand new and you know they've been used mm-hmm. they clean beautifully they are super versatile. You can do cold dishes, hot dishes. You can put them in the oven, on the table, um, straight into the fridge. It's the end of the uh, takeout, leftover container. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. Everybody is talking about, let's get rid of plastic. Mm-hmm. Go to Goodwill, get yourself some old Corningware. They are just as good as Tupperware and all of those other dishes that we use to put our leftovers in. Yeah. And, and at least it looks pretty.
0: Yeah. and When you open your fridge, yeah. Yeah, and it's they have a vast collection of pieces. I mean, I just, um, they have all those, like you said, it, it, get rid of the plastic and they've got these small, you know, ones. Um, you could stack the them petite. up. Yeah, the petites, they're really cute. Um, but what... What drew me to that as well is when I saw you cooking the um the Dutch oven one um on the open flame. <laughs> and I right. was like, What is she doing? <laughs> and then uh Yeah. And then you were you it was gonna go from the cooktop um to the oven And um, I was just from that point. I just started researching. I found one of those sites. I think there's like a four one one Corningware. Corningware four one one Shane is the guy who does it. He has
1: fabulous. You should um, when when you issue this podcast, you should put his uh, uh, website. I will. in there uh corningware 411 so if you're researching a specific pattern or you have a pattern at home and you want to learn more about it he he will give you the table of pretty much every known pieces that was made in that specific pattern so if you are an avid collector um you know which pieces you're missing right and he'll give you the codes with them Uh um and then he writes articles yeah yeah. <laughs> and and he has recipes in there. I mean he sees fabulous. I love it. so
0: cool. I love that site. And I, I I have to tell you that I have spent well, when I first discovered it, I spent hours on it. I was looking through all of the patterns and um just learning about them and it was just um yeah, it's so much fun. It was it's very fun for me and then I, I got so excited when I got my first pieces. So I'm gonna continue to collect um that. And um I saw one of those range toppers before you had that episode about it, and I wasn't sure. I was like, whoa, this round one, and it's got, like, the uh, aluminum on the bottom, but I mean, I don't know. I didn't know, again, like, is that good? Is it bad or whatever? But then you got yours, and you were so excited, so I'm like, oh, it's a good thing. Yeah, the the range (laughs) toppers actually are really hard to find.
1: Yeah, um, and and they only did I believe they only did the round ones, and they either had only three sizes or four sizes, and the one I found was the largest one, is the five quart. Mm. Um, they really introduced them when they started uh, pushing the electric coil um, stovetops. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, uh, because there were some people that were complaining that there may be some you know, burning of the food at the bottom of the corningware in spots. You know, it would be like a couple of hot spots. It mm. would still clean out beautifully, mm. but they just didn't like it because you had to, you know, scrub, scrub a little <laughs> bit more than, than, than <laughs> the usual. You know? So there was – but corningware has uh, – um, if you go on YouTube, there's, there's a plethora of, of videos about the Corning Company and actually Corning Wear, And they had a test studio um, at Corning itself in the factory. And they would have women come in and they would ask them, would you prefer this? How about this design? And they were very in tune with the costumer base. And they only produced what they knew women. I mean, let's, you know, it's sexist. I know that. But back in the days, that's that's who the costumer base was. Um, women wanted in terms of cookware. So they heard them complain about those rare occasions where there would be uh, um, a heat spot at the bottom of the pot. And they said, okay, fine, so let's do one with an aluminum bottom. And it's just as good, Mm -hmm. but it just has an aluminum bottom, and they only did the round castles, and I'm not sure why they stopped doing them. Um, I'm sure Shane has an article about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, But, yeah, they stopped doing them, but uh, they're really hard to find. So if you ever Mm -hmm. find what they call – or referred to as the wrench topper which is basically your regular run-of-the-meal corningware but with the metal bottom mm-hmm. grab it-hmm
0: now grab I it. know grab it okay good and oh and even your husband uh, seems to like cooking with it Listen, <laughs> he, he every week now he, he's cooking
1: solely with the corningware he really enjoys making the beans in it-huh um, but he's noticed is that, you know, because, uh, you know, Sunday is Um So he makes beans on Sunday <laughs> night. <laughs> and uh, he's noticed that it doesn't burn. Yeah. So his, his beans don't have this burnt aftertaste. Mm. And, you know, I mean, he was kicking and screaming at first. Like, ah, I don't want to use the corningware. <laughs> it
0: like, it's like nerdy. It was uh-huh. like or casket. too froofy yeah. or something like that right. yeah
1: yeah right and then he and then he used it once and he was like yeah i guess it's okay and then i observed <laughs> the use of it a second time right around. it's like i guess a little bit better than okay right and i've stopped making comments because let's face it it's been months now every sunday night the beans i made in the according workout
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: it, the square one or the round ones wow. and uh, and and it just makes me happy and you know this is really the point of having a collection. I don't care what you collect. Uh, people collect all sorts of things. And I always envied um, passionate collectors because they really, their, their life revolves around obtaining that one piece and the, the level that they're missing and the level of passion and knowledge and enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. I mean, why would you not want to have that in your life, this kind of enthusiasm about something? Right. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, people make fun. They, they're like, why are you even collecting that? That's that's so, you know, weird. Mm-hmm. But think about the joy that it brings the collector. Right. You know, like, what, yeah. what do you care? Like, the person is happy. Can you be happy mm-hmm. for them? So,
0: well, and I'll know, tell people, you. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Now,
1: but, so I was going to say that. So people collect all sorts of things. And, and that's the whole point of a collection to use the things that you have right you know i mean yes you have your best pieces that you absolutely like your rare piece you don't want to break but use your collections and that's the one thing i love about my Corningware wear is that i'm not an avid collector i'm very uh a beginner collector of Corningware. i'm sure i'll get more pieces over the years am i gonna get the full collection in that pattern probably not and i'm okay with that but I enjoy them and I use them. Mm -hmm. So they do serve a purpose in my life
0: while bring me a lot of joy. That's what I love about it is that you can use it. They're functional and, and I think they're pretty um, and, and, and easy to clean. And like you said, the versatility from cold Mm to hot to flame, you know? So um, yeah, thanks for introducing me to that. But I was also going to say to that it's, it's, Pretty affordable to collect those, yes. And versus now, I I um, have a collect a little collection of Le Creuset because I love Le Creuset. I love that enamel um, cast iron cookware, but man, it is so expensive now. I, I'm yes. glad that I got the pieces that I did like 15 plus years ago. Because mm-hmm. today I wouldn't be able to get them. They have just like soared yeah. in price, but they're so great. I, they, yeah. you, you cook those on a low heat as well, and they, they, if you take care of them, they last forever, and they're pretty, and you collect your colors. Um, but what color do you have? Uh, the the red, the red one, and then I've also collect the red, and then there's this French blue that I love. Oh um, yeah, so I've got pretty. I've got both of those colors. <laughs>
1: If you take care of it, they last a lifetime. They do. My my grandmother had the original orange one. Um, And it had a couple of, you know, dings, you know, where the enamel um, chipped. But that's, you know, we're talking 40, 50 years of the same casserole. And she loved it so much. The bottom was almost like so scratched up from Mm. all the cooking she had. But I remember the one time, the uh, knob on the lid broke. And I've just realized that maybe this is, my grandmother is the one who gave me the passion for fixing things. Because let me tell you (laughs) now that that Le Creuset um, Dutch oven is in my mom's house and my mom still uses it. The only difference is that it's got my grandmother's repair on it, which is basically twine with an old wine cork oh wow that she used that's so creative fix, yeah and <laughs> and it's still the same twine it's still the same wine cork that she used that she rubbed goldberg the whole thing but it worked she replaced the uh, the knob that was broken and missing on on um, you know and this is preceding the time where you could go on the you know internet and just order a new knob and a screw because
0: mm-hmm.
1: you can do that now. If yeah, you, you break can. your knob, yep. you, can, you can order another one. You just got to screw it, mm-hmm. you know, back on. So it you couldn't do those things back in those days. I'm thinking that was probably 1978, 1979. Mm-hmm. I remember vividly watching my grandmother pulling out the the twine out of the drawer <laughs> and an old cork that still had a little bit of purple on it from the bottle of wine and and she's doing this contraption
0: on top of the lid and guess what she fixed it and um, my mom still has it all I these love years it. that's so cool see, see because today if something like that happens we have such a disposable mentality and i love you know you fix it. You don't just like get rid of it. It's it's perfectly good, and it's it's very good quality yeah. too. Today so. I would be finding it in the trash. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Because there's no There's no <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's it. <laughs> uh, I would
1: not really. Have to, uh, I've I've um, seen similar ones. You know, like the Martha Stewart's one, mm-hmm. uh, like that on the, on you know on the sidewalk. I don't pick them up because I already have a Dutch oven. I don't really need one.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're but. heavy. Those big ones are really heavy too. So the older oh. I get, the heavier they get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're really heavy. Okay, one last thing. So with your Corningware, um, now you have quite a collection, and I love that you want to put it on display, and mm-hmm. you have, um, you had a, sh- a single shelf right um, across your window mm-hmm. th- above the sink. Really pretty. Right. Really pretty. Well, you installed two more, two, two more, right? Two more. Two more shelves. Two more plus
1: a temporary one that's going to be a fourth one.
0: And you kind of like, you know, just stained it the same as your kitchen cabinets. It looks like it was always there because they Mm. connect. And um, it's beautiful. I just was watching you place the the pieces on there and I'm just like, oh my gosh. It's like, ah! (laughs) Well, because I think that collections
1: need to be seen yeah you know what's uh-huh. what's the point of having a collection of something if you're going to stash it away in a uh you know in a basement or in a closet and and you know you only see it if you open a door or a double cabinet mm-hmm. so i really believe that if you're really passionate and enjoy something put it on display mm-hmm. you yeah. know put it on display and i have to give a big shout out to all of my youtube subscribers who sent me um small pieces over the years because they're really helping me build a collection. Like it's a drought in Jersey when it comes to corningware and Pyrex. Like you can't find mm-hmm. any of it at the thrift stores right now. It's very difficult. Mm. Like I haven't seen a corningware piece in at least a year and a half now. It's 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 very difficult to find. But I have subscribers who know i collect and they know that there's some pieces that are more available in the area than mine area and and they've been sending me those things that i know i would never find around here you know mm-hmm. like the uh um the ketchup and mustard mm-hmm. or uh, the, the salt and pepper or uh, um what else uh the newest one that's coming up on Friday, by the way, is uh, um, me cooking with my corningware on what they used to call the Electromatic, Hmm. uh, which was a a hot plate that you put your (gasps) corningware on and you could cook literally on it in the middle of the table. Wow. So I actually am making a pepper steak um, recipe in that. And (laughs) and it was, (laughs) and so that one came out in 72 and I guess they stopped doing it because I, I don't know to stop doing it but it's uh it's really really vintage. Wow. It was it would be a, a vintage recipe and the recipe actually comes from the original booklet that came with the uh heating plate. Hmm. So the, the recipe is is true vintage. Yeah. Um so yeah, I put the shelves up and I needed to thank you all of my subscribers who've sent me um pieces of corningware in my pattern over the years because they're really helping me build my collection and When I'm standing at my sink and I'm doing dishes um, or, you know, preparing my tea or whatever, I I just look up and I have my collection in front of me. And not just that, I have all of the pieces that were sent to me by subscribers. And it's a good feeling, you know?
0: Yeah, you can just smile. It makes you smile. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good
1: feeling. Um,
0: It's it's a connection. Right. That I have with people. Yeah, it's so cool that they do that, and and they have sent you that. Not only that, though, someone sent you quilts, like full. Oh uh, that's bon- Bonnie. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: she 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 did not make them. She didn't make the quilts. Um, she they were either gifts uh, from that were given to her, but she's an elderly lady. Mm-hmm. And and she's letting go of a lot of stuff. Oh. um so yeah. So she gave me some quilt, and some of them were just like I oh. I just couldn't believe. It. I was like Bonnie, why are you sending me this quilt? Yeah. <laughs> like it should be on your bed. And they are all handmade. Well, they are machine quilt. They are machine pieced, but they are hand quilted.
0: Oh, that's um, great.
1: There and I have the double wedding ring on my uh, on my bed right now. It's um, one of my favorite. Yeah, it's a phenomenal quilt. What a great pattern. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, I I do have subscribers. You know, I I get a lot of letters, uh, long letters, not just like a card that say, hey, thank you, I love your channel. Mm -hmm. I have made connections um, with so many of my subscribers, and we do send letters back and forth. They keep me updated with what's going on with their lives, Mm -hmm. Um, the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a loss in the family, and they want to share that with me, and I reply back, and I, you know, I mm-hmm. provide comfort and mm-hmm. whatnot. Sometimes it's just like, hey, I finally got the job I was telling you about. So you know, like the old pen pal yeah. system. I yeah. don't know if people do that anymore because we got emails I now, know. you know.
0: Yeah,
1: but um, I, I have made so many very um, rewarding and heartwarming connections with a lot of, of my subscribers that have been watching me for so many years mm-hmm. and it's almost like the family now because I I remember one in particular um, the first time she wrote to me she had difficulty having um, children mm. she, she was she couldn't have kids mm-hmm. and she's on baby number three now <gasps> oh wow <laughs> So, so that tells you like how long this has been going on That that we and we send pictures for Christmas you know the, the Christmas cards and, and so it makes me very happy when I see my corningware and some of the pieces were sent to me by these specific individuals like it brings a smile to my face because mm-hmm. I consider them and I know it sounds weird like I, you never met these people but we know each other because we we write to each other mm-hmm. for quite some time now and right. and we go back and forth and and so it's it's almost like um you know distant friendship mm-hmm. i don't know if i'm explaining it right no i understand yeah it's very comforting like it's like they are part of my collection too now right
0: yeah you it's, know? it's very so,
1: heartwarming yeah absolutely it, it is it really is so it it makes it all the more special yeah. i would say
0: yeah, I agree, and that, that's yeah.
1: what that was one of the reasons why I wanted to put it on display as well.
0: Yeah, and 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 you mentioned them, and and I I it like when I see that it's, it's that's exactly what I feel is it's heartwarming and it, it just um, makes you know, and that's why I love your channel. You know, it just it makes it special, and it's not just like, hey, I'm a YouTuber, I'm an influencer. You know, you're you're oh, there. I you're... am not. <laughs>
1: I, I don't know anybody who would be influenced by me. Maybe in purchasing more more Corningware and, right. and cheap, perhaps, but that's about it. <laughs> I, I don't think I'm anything to admire. Uh, I, I just um, no, but you're real like the rest of us, and that's what we all love. Right? I yeah. try hard. Yeah, that that you can say. I I do try hard mm-hmm. to do different things, and and um, again, my main goal with my channel was just to show women like me that they're not alone. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a challenge. It is. Like, the majority of us are not natural organizers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We're not natural cleaners. We're not natural, you know, right. home decor designers. A lot of people struggle in all three areas. Um, and it's okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you know, definitely. so I'm
1: documenting my challenges and my struggles in that area because I want people to feel like, you know, you're not alone.
0: Yeah, and I love that. And um, I I have to tell you real quickly that um, you uh, you uh, showed um, on your dining table and the other furniture that you use this Restora finish And so I got it and I used it on my um, black cherry wood bed and my um, dining table. And it's amazing. I'm just like, because I I thought like from your videos, I was like, no way. I Mm. how did she get that to look so gleaming and sparkling and new? Well, it really works. I got the I did the lemon oil. Cleaning, I did the restore finish and I had the triple zero steel wool to buff out some of the little scratches and then I finished it off with that beeswax <laughs> <laughs> conditioner and I was so proud of myself and I'm like Sophia would be so proud of me too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and again this is another example where people would just throw away the dining room or the chair or the or the you know, little side table because it's got scratches or watering. Mm-hmm. When you have a good piece of furniture, you take care of it. Mhm. Because you can pass it down to the next generations. And that's one of the things that really breaks my heart when I do my rounds on Tuesday night to go garbage picking. The amount of antique furniture that I find that I cannot take because I can't put them in my car. They're too big. (laughs) You have to see the amount of antique furnitures that people throw away. We're talking
0: 1930s, 1940s, um, Cascade. Art deco. I, I do know because, pieces. yeah, because I am in I, two days a week, I do interior design for a high end designer and the projects that we do and the things that I see people discard and throw away. And actually that dining table that I have was free. One of them. It was, yeah. one, it was one of them. All right. Going to kick it to the Yeah, curb. I mean, keep it. And this was book matched um, mahogany. <laughs> right so uh yeah it breaks my heart i really um because um it's weird that that um generation above us is they're starting to get rid of that really great stuff because they want to um scale down and you know they're they're just um they want new stuff and i don't know and they want kids, the instagram and, and they're and they're yeah they want that and their kids don't want the furniture so you know mm. All right. Well, um, let's mention your Etsy shop. You have an Etsy shop and you have you, you put some of the things that you find in the thrift stores and you know that they're vintage or collectible in your on your Etsy shop. Right. Um, so it's uh, Frenchie and Tubby on Etsy. Yeah. And I'll put a link in the show notes Thank to you. your shop. I have a lot of things to put up on the shop. I've
1: just been so busy. Yeah. Um, You know, because that's my third job now. (laughs) I
0: know. I know. (laughs) So it's just a lot.
1: Um, But I I promise before the holidays, um, because I know that people like to buy, purchase things for gifts. Mm -hmm. Um, I I have a new batch coming up of really, really cool stuff. And pottery is, is something that I always look for. Um, and I found some good pottery pieces.
0: Oh, good! to uh, To put in the
1: shop. Yeah, um, and this
0: episode is going to probably publish around the second week of December. So perfect timing. Oh, excellent! Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, Sophia, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really just enjoyed talking with you, and um, love your channel. And just keep on being you. <laughs> I have no plan to change. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you later. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Make and Decorate podcast. The podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Stephanie Socha. Until next time, have a great day. Bye.